0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Our top story, the Omicron variant, is scaring people around the world. Lots of measures are being taken. Mystery surrounds it. Somebody even sent me a... Like a scramble, what do you call that? Not an acronym or an anagram.
1: Yeah, I've seen a little bit of that going around too.
0: Did you see that where there? Well, people are talking about like the Star Trek reference, and then the uh, Orno. What is it? What was it? It was um,
1: it's about the layer. anagram.
0: Yeah. Oh, I forget what it was. Dang, I wish I remembered it. But it was definitely the. it it, it is definitely an anagram for an MRNA malfunction that causes cancer.
1: Yes, I did hear that one. I don't recall what that one
2: was either. I think either. it's
0: on-o- Oncomere. That was it, Onco, because Onco is cancer and mere is like a, like a genetic problem. My son is an iso, has an isomere, which is like a really weird thing to cause Down syndrome, but it does, so I know it's like in there. It sounds so yeah, like something onco- the Avengers oncomere. would fight to me. Find
1: a no the name of the new <laughs> variant
0: yeah omicron yeah for sure it's all weird um i agree with that but ultimately well first of all first thing i have to say is that it came out of south africa yet it was not the south african variant that had been a variant of interest on the world health organization that's kind of weird But I had written an article in September identifying that as of August, the World Health Organization had four variants of interest that those are the four scariest variants like alpha, beta, gamma, delta, which prior to that, the way that they used to identify Such things was just by the numbers of B point one point one point five point two, whatever. But then and then like all coronavirus all coronavirus that cause human colds or whatever are beta coronaviruses. So it's a big category. It's very confusing that they also call the subcategory by the same Greek alphabet and the World Health Organization actually changed it this year to that confusing nomenclature, I think, clearly to make it scarier. But those four places where those four variants of interest came from, South Africa, Brazil, India, and the U.K., All of those places were the exact places that AstraZeneca did their trials. So I wrote a glossary entry, which I told you about before, called the AstraZeneca Facts about that unbelievable one-to-one overlap. I think they did trials for AstraZeneca in Japan also, but they weren't resumed at the same time that the rest of them were. There's just an unbelievable overlap. This supposedly has nothing to do with that variant. It's very hard to believe. But... We have closed down travel from South Africa, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Namibia, Lesotho, Eswatini, Mozambique, and Malawi. It says travel restrictions don't apply to American citizens and lawful permanent residents, but all international travelers must test negative prior to
1: travel. So I don't understand. That makes a lot of sense, though, to not apply it to certain groups when it is so dangerous.
0: Exactly. It's like, why does legal status you're, you're the one who's telling me that undocumented isn't the same as illegal? Like how are words on a page make any difference to these bugs? I don't know, but I can't help but feel that this is all about the vaccinate. Well, part not all about. Obviously, it's all about big pharma getting governments to buy their products and then making laws to get people to take the product so they can still sell more of these things. The variants aren't about how the vaccines haven't been working. It's about how you need more and different vaccines. I mean, it's really crazy how far people will go in believing these narratives that don't make sense. It really reminds me of the Penn and Teller on recycling where they ended up giving certain people, like some people would take the recycling as far as Penn and Teller would take it. So they'd give them like 10 different vessels for them to put their different recycling in. They would just keep accepting it. This is, that was a psychological experiment on a par with this one. So, but it it also seems very clear to me that this is, a shouldn't say clear, but it I suspect that Africa's low vaccination rate is behind some of this. And if you look into why Africa has a low vaccination rate, you will just find article after article after article saying that it is a function of the disparity between rich and poor countries that this was, I think this was a UNESCO. So a UN article that I was reading that it said. We suspect that rich countries are sitting on these vaccines in case they need them. Now, these things have a really short shelf life. There is absolutely no way they're doing that. They're just not. And uh, elsewhere in that article and other articles I was reading, it talks about how the it says by the end of 2021, vaccine makers are expected to have collectively manufactured 11 billion doses there's only 7 billion people in the world it's roughly sufficient to vaccinate all adults globally of these nearly 11 billion doses 10 billion have already been purchased by wealthy countries and uh and and what they're doing with them is they are they're telling us anyway that they're committing them to other countries the problem is so they keep saying that they, they they continue to act like it's a problem of hoarding it's a problem of wealth but if you dig in it seems like the real problem is the African countries, the people and the governments, to the extent that they have any independence at all, don't want the vaccines. They won't take them. And so the way I kind of tried to flesh that out was to see, are they, are they, do they have vaccines that are expiring or do they have doses that are expiring? And they do. They're, some African countries are pushing them off to other African countries. They don't want them. They don't want to, to expire, but they don't want to keep them either. And So one of the explanations was that there's this massive syringe shortage in Africa. So they sent the vaccines, but they forgot to send the syringes or they're not allowed to send the syringes, just all this made up stuff because they couldn't actually say they that African countries don't have access to the vaccine. They even when they're in their country, they're not using them. And you'll see a footnote here and there about how the governments have a problem with disinformation, misinformation, irrational vaccine hesitancy among the people. But any of the governments who would have maybe countered that claim end up in a research paper I saw and have mentioned many times about why do so many African, um, why are so many African leaders dying? And often of COVID, obviously, I would think to make a point, but I just I I think that this whole thing, I smell a rat. And as my last word on it is that Biden said, we can't don't expect lockdowns, but you should get vaccinated. And he said, we can't let up until the world is vaccinated. You see? And
1: that is a similar sentiment expressed by some quote, expert that was on CNN yesterday who said that the problem, that the reason that these variants are happening is because America, we are allowing unvaccinated people to move freely. We're allowing them to fly. We are allowing them to travel. We are allowing them out of the house. And he said that we will not be rid of this virus and we won't stop these variants from coming until everybody in the, on the planet and in America is vaccinated. They're almost the exact same thing that you said there, that Biden said. And one of the anagrams for Omicron is also moronic.
0: It's Omicron. Oh, moronic. <laughs>
1: That's really funny.
0: It's Omicron, yes. And the, and the other one's the or.
1: Or, Ori- or it's the alien from Star Wars is one of them, or Star Trek. Star Trek. The green alien chick, the hot chick.
0: Yes. Um, yeah. So this whole thing, it just doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense about the, whose, whose fault it is. And then I saw some poor sap in the comments of one of the articles I read said, wow, if this has a lot of spreadability and not a lot of severity, maybe this will finally give us the herd immunity we're looking for. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, well, we'll get
0: that when they stop. There you go. Spraying whatever this is. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost our- like
1: they're, if they if there is a new one, as they're saying, it's like, well, we tested this variant with this vaccine to see how it reacts in people. Now let's test it with this new one, not that we're gonna let out and see how it reacts with people to whatever they're developing. What's the bioweapon, the virus or the vaccine? Both, are they trying to develop some sort of technology for themselves and we're the test subjects of it? I don't know. They're messing with us hardcore right now. That's one thing <laughs> so I do much- know.
0: They're messing with us. Everything from pharma to propaganda is just a big fake out.
1: Yeah. Speaking of possible fake outs, we will see. Jack Dorsey is stepping down as the CEO of Twitter. He made the announcement. At least I saw it right before the show. And he posted the letter, the email that he sent making the resignation. He posted that email to Twitter. And I'll tell you why he did that. He announced that a guy whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce because I haven't Mm -hmm. had a chance to hear anybody say It's spelled P-A-R-A-G. Yes. (laughs) He is going to be the new CEO. And Dorsey will continue to serve on the board through his term, which he says is around Mayish, to help the transition. And (laughs) he said he'll be leaving the board after that. And the reason that he's not going to be staying on after that is because he believes that it's critical for a company to stand on its own, to be free of its founders, influence, or direction. He says he's choosing the company over his own ego and that he's tweeting this email out to the world because his one wish, this is his one wish, is for Twitter to be the most transparent company in the world. I have a few thoughts on one of the angles, I think, that is going on here. He's demonstrating to the other CEOs of the world and in America and to Mark Zuckerberg or you know at least to what they say Mark Zuckerberg is anyway of how the the old guard is supposed to handle leading and he's a white man who's stepping aside to put a person of color in charge who is doing so in a way where he's severing all of his influence and power. He's completely separated from it and he is publishing it. To be completely transparent. Meanwhile, we have Mark Zuckerberg, who is portrayed as being a white male CEO who will not let go of any power he has over Facebook and will not let us see his algorithm. He he is anti-transparent. He's the complete opposite of what Jack Dorsey is being presented as right here, which will give the media the opportunity to say, well, look what Jack Dorsey did. Zuckerberg should do this. Otherwise, we should force him to do this and force this transparency upon him.
0: Interesting. Do you think that uh, a person of Indian descent in tech is considered a person of color?
1: That's a good point.
0: I feel like they're the majority. But I also think that Dorsey is the biggest face job fraud of all big tech face job frauds, especially since he was literally a face job. He was a model and he supposedly was one of the founders, but then he disappeared completely I think for something like maybe not disappeared completely, but he was not the leader for almost, I think if I recall correctly, like 10 years and he only came back maybe in 2015. And I feel like he was a crazy choice for a CEO of that company, unless it was just another face job situation. I think maybe Steve Jobs was like the only one who isn't kind of implausible as the founder to CEO transition. It's very hard to get. Steve Jobs is
1: the only non-face job.
0: Yes, not the only one who's not a job, although his father is a CIA agent in Syria's biological father. So who knows? But he's like the least suspicious one to me. So this guy, yeah, he, I, you know, I don't, I think that he's just been acting the entire time. So it doesn't mean anything to me. I'm sure that I'm guessing that guy was kind of in charge along the way anyway. He was the, the chief technology officer. So I have a little bit to say about this, do you, shall I point out another little other tidbit I found? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was reading this, I also found another article when I was reading about this, about Agarwal, that he was the chief technology officer um, leading the charge on or hiring somebody to lead the charge. Uh, I think it was a chick named Reneerson. We'll be exploring. This is about their crypto efforts. We'll be exploring how we can support the growing interest among creators to use decentralized apps to manage virtual goods and currencies. Let's, I have more, but let's digest that for a second. Decentralized apps to manage virtual goods and currencies.
1: Metaverse. Currency.
0: I know, but what is that? What is a decentralized app? It's not like your Coinbase wallet, right? To manage virtual goods and currencies. So it's, uh, is it like my wallet for my airplane travel? Like I have a wallet that puts all my boarding passes in and it also has credit cards in there. I guess it would be like that. So, and it would be like for different platforms, I guess. It says to support their, uh, And to support their work and communities, what
1: he's probably trying to create the the transactions app that's going to be used predominantly in the metaverse. It's probably something like one,
0: like a Coinbase for the metaverse. Probably within, yeah,
1: a digital within a digital.
0: But they're talking about decentralized. So let me read further. Looking farther ahead, we'll be exploring how ideas from crypto communities can help us push the boundaries of what's possible with identity, community ownership, and more. So that's like a blockchain. I would assume they're exploiting the blockchain concept. Some of the areas of exploration include crypto payments like Bitcoin tips, crypto payments for ticketed spaces, that's definitely metaverse, opportunities for creator monetization such as NFT tooling, non-fungible token tooling, and decentralizing social media with a Twitter-funded Twitter project called Blue Sky. Okay, so first, let me just go back for a second. Ticketed spaces in the metaverse. I mean, if you don't think that this whole lockdown wasn't in large part to push us into the metaverse, you're definitely in that 20% that Algeys Huxley was like, you can fool 20% of the people all of the time. So, but this other thing... This is the thing I wanted your insight into. And I feel like maybe you brought this to us before, but it's, they want to decentralize social media with a Twitter funded project called Blue Sky, which is like a protocol or a platform where it seems to me you can silo like Parler, Gab, something like totally communistic, maybe, and Twitter. So some people criticize it saying that will just make it so Twitter isn't really responsible for curation. And this came to, uh, to the fore when Twitter, Jack Dorsey, banned trump and they're saying well this platform would allow it so you'd have all these other things but like to me making stuff in silos actually neutralizes it making it so that you're preaching to the choir is the difference between a podcast and terrestrial radio show like boy did i have reach i had to fight with people all the time but you could get through and and other people with different perspectives could get through so i don't i don't like the idea but yeah what do you know about this which i just i thought you brought this to us twitter's um project is called it's a twitter funded project called blue sky and it's their attempt at decentralizing social media and other platforms will be able to use their protocols and it will free them so if Parler or gab moved over to the blue sky protocol twitter they could use all this great twitter stuff like we saw with WordPress, it was so easy to use WordPress when they took us off. Like, you have to rebuild it from scratch. And so they they could use this, and it would relieve Twitter of the obligation of censoring all the assholes they hate. Sorry, oops. Um, all the ones they hate who are on Twitter, but it would also give those other people a platform. So people are back and forth about it. I think it's worse.
1: I think it's definitely going to silo groups. I think this... Relates to the way that these metaverse spaces are getting created and they're getting created by like coders almost, by people who go into these environments. They've been training kids, but through playing these types of games where they go build these worlds for years now. And these are the people who are being called to the metaverse, who are the first entrants into the metaverse, who are actually creating the worlds in there. So I think it's decentralized in that aspect, almost like a whole bunch of land, which I have something about that in the next story. Uh, where I want to buy are, metaverse land. Well, that's exactly what the, my next story is about, is metaverse uh, I land I totally want to do that. It's all very confusing to me anyway, this metaverse stuff. But it feels like that what you're talking about with Jack Dorsey is that he's going to be shifting his efforts and his focus to crypto and taking up dominant space with crypto at the foundation of it within the metaverse, like the central hmm. bank. Maybe he's going to be working with a central digital bank. in the Maybe metaverse. because he's
0: staying at Square. Oh, you know, now that you mention it. There was a piece in that article about him him staying at Square and what Square was up to. If you give me a second, I can read that. Yeah, one. no, Square
1: is trying to create crypto to what he yeah. said to make to mainstream create building hardware to make Bitcoin more mainstream.
0: Right, that's what it says. Says Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey who has been a vocal proponent of cryptocurrencies is also the chief executive officer of Square, which announced a new business over the summer that would be centered around Bitcoin. In addition, Dorsey has previously said Square is considering building a Bitcoin hardware wallet and Bitcoin mining system.
1: Yeah, that's he's big. shifting to the metaverse. These companies are all shifting to the metaverse their focus anyway
0: yes and i we went our zoom party over the weekend where uh we were talking about not only money in the metaverse but like buying land but uh one of our friends on the call had a a taxi medallion in there she just DM me this morning saying she bought a bunch of land and I don't know where the heck, Polka City. Oh, I can <laughs> I tell you
1: about some of that here.
0: I want. I want
1: some. I, oh, you want to get some land? Well, I'll give you some insight on how much it cost at the tail end of this story here. NFT is a Collins Dictionary's word of the year for 2021. So that we're putting the spotlight it's on even NFT. not a word. I know, right.
0: <laughs> It's an acronym.
1: But it beat out other words like crypto and metaverse. Wow. Okay, I wonder how close metaverse was. I think that NFT became popularized a little bit sooner than metaverse did. And people were making millions of dollars off of it. Metaverse is a more, while it's not completely new, it's for the mainstream, it's it's very new. And they described or they defined the word NFT as a unique digital certificate registered in a blockchain that is used to record the ownership of an asset such as an artwork or a collectible, creating a sort of digital scarcity. An NFT makes it possible to prove authenticity in a world of unlimited copies, which is interesting.
0: You know, that's very interesting to me because just the way it was worded there. Have you ever heard that diamonds are not rare? Yes, Okay. So I do believe that the super super high end ones like a large, flawless, perfect color all that kind of thing is actually rare. I don't know if it's priced according to like a, what a fair market value would be, but those are rare. But other than that like the gemstones and the, and it's a it's an enforced artificially imposed scarcity based on the fact that there's a worldwide monopoly enforced by killing people. And so I always say like the scarcity thing, it's not, nothing's really scarce. If you can totally control it, you can impose scarcity. Now, that's crazy to have that in the digiverse, because think about it. Everyone should just like, you're going to go in there and not going to be able to play your games, even though they're virtually free and other people could build more Because they're going to have a monopoly over who can do what business in the metaverse. I mean, it's really, it's such a a funny example of the worst of what what fascism or whatever.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. The Diamonds is Forever was a campaign from the 1920s, I believe, by just a PR agency to Make diamonds forever. So, if you want to marry someone forever, diamonds are forever and stuck around. But it sounds like you're saying here, and I think it's a, a great comparison, that diamonds are NFTs. <laughs> yeah,
0: they took the model of diamonds and they applied it to NFTs, false scarcity. Interesting. Yeah.
1: So, this is just another illustration of this metaverse emerging with massive investments and billions worth of opportunities in the metaverse that these companies are looking at. Here is the cheapest plot of land on the largest Metaverse platform, which is called Decentraland. There's a bunch of the platforms. This is the biggest one. The cheapest plot of, la- of land is around $7,000. It's around $7,000. You wow. pay it through crypto. I can't remember the name of the crypto, but $7,000. Where Now, is it? In a, on a platform called Decentraland. Now, today, that's the same platform where Barbados is going to be putting their embassy. It's going to be operating by international law.
0: I want whatever it is you just said.
1: And here (laughs) is... I was watching a video. I was researching about this, how people use it, how people make money off of it. Uh And it's interesting. I still haven't wrapped my head around a lot of it. But here is what was announced today. A 500-square-foot plot of virtual real estate was sold. This is the largest one ever. For $2.43 million, the largest metaverse land acquisition yet. The purchase was made. How big was it? It's a 500 square foot plot of virtual real estate. How do you measure
0: that? Like a
1: studio. It's a studio apartment apartment in Chicago or New York. It's very tiny. (laughs) Must be some prime real estate. The purchase was made by a firm called Metaverse Group, which describes itself as the world's first virtual real estate company.
0: I wonder who's behind that. I wonder, you know who is... Yeah, I wonder who's behind the Metaverse group.
1: So if you want to get some, some land, then they just, they got to... Maybe you can get a little section of that 500 square foot land for a little bit cheaper than they paid for it.
0: Uh, I'm just, uh, I don't even know how to get my mind around around that
1: it is it's challenging to wrap your head around what people do with it so i was looking at this thing where they were showing some examples of how people were using theirs and one example was a guy bought a little plot of land he decorated it with a little digital assets which literally looks exactly like the video games kids play where they i can't remember the name of that one game where they build the worlds that i can't remember the name of it but it's real minecraft yes minecraft It's like a little bit better version of Minecraft, but you go into the person's house, which apparently you can just walk right in, and then he's got his YouTube channel featured there. And for some reason, your avatar watches his YouTube channel instead of you just watching his YouTube channel. It just seems so strange. I'm still trying to really understand the value. And I mean, the value in it is the investments and that they're shifting towards it. So that's... Why there's people that are going to be making tons of money off of this. And I think it'd be wise for anyone who has the time to learn how and why so you can benefit off of it as well. Might as well. All right.
0: So I'll tell you who is on the metaverse team. The sorry metaverse REIT team. What did you call it? Meta money? What? The metaverse
1: real estate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This this is no, metaverse, I'm looking group. At metaverse, metaverse Group, Metaverse REIT, which is a real estate investment trust. Uh he this guy Michael Gord is the co-founder and CEO of Global Digital Assets Group of Companies, which are focused across capital markets verticals in the blockchain industry. He is um he was one of the first advocates of digital assets in Canada built the first university communities for blockchains in Canada and was the first enterprise blockchain developer that TD Bank hired. Um, but, I mean, if he was doing it in universities, that sounds like a government guy. Jason, is, Jason Cassidy is also a co-founder. He's has 20 years of financial and technical experience, um, starting with BlackBerry and...
1: BlackBerry, the phone?
0: Yep. And he was involved in crypto since 2012... And he is now focused on growing the first true digital real estate company via NFTs. Considered a pioneer and expert in NFT, has founded several landmark companies in the space within the realm of gaming, digital art, digital fashion, and virtual real estate. Boy, these guys, if anyone's going to make it work, I have a feeling. I mean, they seem like they've been in on the ground floor. Who the hell they are? I don't know. And, you know,
1: so Facebook changed their name to Meta. Facebook is not the only metaverse company. There's tons of metaverse companies and everybody, you know, they say Facebook is bad and whatever. And Facebook, it does. There's a lot of negative consequences for society. A lot of other things, too. But the fact that they changed their name to Meta, they are now associated with metaverse, despite the fact that it is multiple companies across the board trying to do similar things. But they actually said, let's just name ourselves this term that is going to become predominant in culture so that we are just associated with it.
0: Yeah. Well, I wonder if, I mean, how, what's the minimum investment in these, in this company, this REIT? I mean, it's, it's messed up. It's crazy. But yeah. Central so you land, just have to, seven
1: grand. That's the smallest one you could get in Decentraland.
0: Yeah. And that's what these guys invest in.
1: It's yeah. So-
0: Crazy. Anyway, sorry, I don't mean to like derail us. It's with interesting. It's really. It's just it's really,
1: it's it. a, these are strange times that we're living it's so in, crazy. and it's happening so quickly right now. Well, this metaverse thing is just—it came, and now it's the big thing right now.
0: Right, and it would never have. We've never. It's like what PQ said. Like you never could have had the COVID lockdown without Zoom, but
1: it's also the other way around. Exactly.
0: Crazy.
1: All right. Before we get to our final story of the free thirty. Which is going to be, which we're going to be discussing how conspiracy theories from Chicago to Kabul splash across the headlines, yet the elephant in the room goes unreported. I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is Black Friday shopping absolutely tanks, and Monica gets slapped down by a patron priest. (laughs) I'm interested to hear about that. It's stung. Wow. Yeah, no, I had no idea. I can't wait to hear about that, actually. All right. I want to also thank our sponsor of today's show, which is
2: the Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes you, do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more. Quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's w-r-y-g-u-y-s.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys, a Rye Wit for today's shit.
1: And make sure you type in that promo code PROP10 when you check out for a discount. Also, if you want more content, if you don't like the ads, or you just want to support the show, you can join us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Propaganda Report to check out our tiers and find the one that works right for you. We have bonus content every weekday that we drop a DNB. And we also have our ad-free DNB XR, which is 50 minutes Monday through Thursday, and sometimes even Friday, of, as we said, commercial-free content. We offer Friday grab bags, which is interviews, early releases, guest appearances, patron-only Q&As. And you also have direct one-on-one access to Monica and I. And you get all the premium content for as little as $7 a month. With more tiers offering live stream interactive content with us and the entire Propaganda Report community, which is highly intelligent, highly interactive and damn good looking. So check that that out at Patreon.com slash Propaganda Report. And now on to our final story of the Free thirty.
0: So this is a little bit of a hodgepodge from just reading the front page of the Wall Street Journal and the articles, too. But one of the big stories, so they have like five, maybe five, six stories along the edges that are the big stories. And one of them was undercover Taliban. Uh, takeover in Afghanistan. As soon as we left, we didn't realize that there were these like hidden Taliban agents in every every department in the government of Af- Afghanistan, these Haqqani network agents. So I don't know if people remember Charlie Wilson's war or Brzezinski saying how we deliberately radicalized Islam in Afghanistan. Also the CIA chief of Afghanistan, Tamerlan, Sunayev's uncle, his father-in-law, by the way, was the CIA chief of Kabul, and he said the same thing, that we radicalize them over there, and then we get them to destabilize countries for various reasons, and in Haqqani was... Charlie Wilson's guy. I mean, there are pictures, supposedly, of Haqqani in the White House. I believe Charlie or even... I don't think it was Ronald Reagan who said this. I think it might have been Charlie Wilson said Haqqani is goodness personified or something crazy like that. And those guys were the five, the Bergdahl five, the guys that we re-implanted in Afghanistan, supposedly, in response to trying to get Bergdahl back, if you remember that whole story. So I've been following this for a long time. And... Haqqani guys were our guys. We were in Afghanistan for all of this time, 20 years, something like that. We were overseeing that. When we walk away, the government that we were working hand in glove with all these Haqqani guys pop out of, I mean, that just defies belief. But even if you take the official story, which is, oh my gosh, in Afghanistan, all these undercover operatives just popped up and are now taking over the government, right, that's that's kind of like the red scare that's kind of like there's how many communists in the state department that's kind of like a conspiracy theory where you can't trust like hillary is a neocon you know what i mean she has a d next to her name but she's a neocon like you don't i mean biden is an extremely corrupt venal politician like that there's just you you can't assume that We have no problem reporting across the board about conspiracies until something where the rubber hits the road. Maybe it's terrorism under certain circumstances. It's certainly this all this covid stuff, the big pharma stuff. It's just this this it's clear that Fauci, Biden, big pharma, the world's governments, Johns Hopkins, World Economic Forum. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation are clearly colluding. I mean, it's we have video of it colluding. Yet the mainstream media never, ever talks about it. And even today, the Jesse Smollett uh, trial started in Chicago. He's on trial for setting up a false flag operation. I mean, his his ex exp, their explanation for his motive is very. It's like doesn't even make sense. It, like the only thing I said in the article was according to the criminal complaint. Mr. Smollett, while filming Empire in Chicago, was upset over his pay and recruited uh, two brothers with whom he had worked and socialized with to stage an attack. So it doesn't even really have any... Good explanation, but that's the
1: reasoning he's upset over his pay. So he decided to stage a false flag that blamed Trump supporters. That's a really strange.
0: It makes no sense. Like the story makes no sense. I mean, my guess is he was put up to it for some reason. Maybe he did something wrong and they were like, you have to do this false flag. Sometimes you get away with it. Sometimes you don't. He's got to go on trial now because whatever they have over his head, they probably still have. I mean, I'm just speculating, but I'm saying even the official stories are. There's conspiracies afoot. Yet the one thing that changed the world and is clearly having an incredible impact on the profitability. I mean, Big Pharma is selling their stuff to governments for tax dollars. And then the governments are requiring or pushing through draconian policies, people to take this medicine straight out of the opium wars. I mean, it's ridiculous. And nobody talks about it. It's like absolutely insane to think that the most money in the world It's like Warren Buffett being such a big supporter of Obama and you thinking that he's just sitting on the end of his bed watching CNN hoping Obama does the right thing. It doesn't make sense. These conspiracies, if any conspiracies were anywhere, it would be for the big, big money. That's what it would be for.
1: You know, what gaslighting is, we always say, what exactly is gaslighting? I think maybe the best example of gaslighting is what the media does to, quote, conspiracy theorists is they tell them that what you see and what you hear and what seems to be obviously true, which you remember vividly, didn't happen and that you're crazy for even suggesting that it did. I think yeah. that they are gaslighting anybody who asks questions.
0: I totally agree. And I had I I did an okay job with a troll on Twitter recently. I was. I just took a picture of some particularly egregious chemtrails over my house and Dean tweeted at me a, who was it? I think it was a higher side chat interview, just so timely, just a short time ago where the guy really hit it hard. And when I started listening to the show, it immediately said, uh, the guy said, everywhere I go, I get trolled like crazy. Like, I just cannot raise my face up. It's like Tina Marie. She, when we did that interview with her, like everyone's like, you just, you cannot beat the trolls if you post anything by that person. So I happened to notice on Twitter, I was getting trolled like crazy. As soon as Dean put that in my feed, it was kind of funny. And the guy was starting to argue with me about chemtrails and throwing all this, you know, the science this and watch this video and respond to this video really trying to frame my answer. I wanted nothing to do with that, but what I did say was I remember distinctly as a kid never, ever, ever seeing that. I saw sky riding, and when there was any kind of little trail like that, a condensation trail, it was tiny and way up in the sky. I remember because I used to watch them and follow them, and I would be torn between running in the house and getting someone to come look at it or staying and watching it because they disappeared so quickly and even as little as maybe five years ago i mentioned to a friend like how crazy those things were i mean this may even have been when i was just starting to understand chemtrails. so maybe three years ago and she said i thought that was just like skywriting like she really just just morphed those two things so when we were kids that's all it ever was and the guy it took him a while. He was like really coming at me constantly. And then he had to pause because all I was saying was, I remember distinctly. Yeah. I remember distinctly. What can you say to that? The only thing you could say is you're crazy. And then that's a whole bigger thing. Now, if they can make you think you're crazy and question your own sanity, I think that they are doing that. I think they are doing that with like the vax and stuff like the pressure Oh yeah, to to accept it, even though there's something in the back of your mind that's like, huh?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that is they're making people go a little crazy. And I do want to respond to what you said about Jesse Smollett, but I'll do that in the DNB XR because we are out of time. Do we have any shout outs?
0: Yeah, I went a little bit over and I still have shout outs. First of all, our December DPP is this Friday. It's five o'clock. Pacific time, eight o'clock Eastern. I should, I might be doing it on location. Have a little, uh, weekend getaway, but I'm still doing the DPP. Maybe the elusive Mr. Perez will pop in. You never know. Oh, we have special guests. I'll tell you about it. Yes. So someone I've been wanting, actually a passel of people I've been wanting to do something with, uh, are available. So, I'm going to confirm that with you after the show, but it should be cool. You have to be party-level patron, so go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. And I have a big, fat shout-out from someone we saw at the Zoom party this weekend. The shout-out is to all of our customers. Apocalypse Coffee Roasters supports free-thinking, rational thought, and questioning the narrative. Our family-owned roaster in Melbourne, Florida, Provides all walks of life with organic coffee and fresh food on a daily basis. We love our customers and our community, and we want to thank everyone for supporting us as we started a business in the middle of a pandemic. Our, quote, our coffee is available online, apocalypsecoffee.com. Apocalypse, that's really funny. Um, I want to try some of that. It's you have tried some of it. No, I
1: want to try some of it. I yeah, realize. yeah, he'll yeah. send it
0: to us. I'm sure. So he also says a special thanks to Monica and Brad for all the hard work involved with keeping us all informed. Well, it is our pleasure. It was a pleasure meeting you. It's super fun the Zoom parties and, uh, oh, he's gonna send. I think he's gonna send us some coffee. I think he's waiting for a special shipment because I only, I only, I only drink pure bean espresso. Whole bean, espresso. <laughs> always the best. So, yeah, it's very fussy. Anyway, so that's that. Awesome. Thank you.
1: All right. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at the PropReport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content I was telling you about, go to Patreon.com slash Propaganda Report and check out our tiers there. We will talk to you tomorrow or in the DMB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.